Hello friends. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of Think on These Things, where we together look into the Word of God and turn our attention to listening to what He is saying to us. Today is very special. We are going to be looking at the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And the reason I chose this passage is because it has been ministering to me very much in the past few days. My church is in the middle of a transitory time. And I know during times like this, there's a longing in the people who attend the church, the people who who lead the church, to want to hear from God. You know, decisions have to be made and all kinds of choices have to be made. And so it's a very prayerful time for a church. And I know all of us would really, you know, we think, what is the Holy Spirit saying to us right now? What is God saying to us? And this text is so encouraging to me because it reminds me that God does speak to his churches. The Holy Spirit does speak to his churches. God really cares about what we're going through. And God has things to say to us. And that's so encouraging to me. We are not alone. So before I read the text and we get started on our meditation, let me give you a little background to this passage. So like I said, it's in the book of Revelation, which was given to John. John was a follower of Jesus Christ. And because of his his following of Jesus, he was persecuted by the government of his day. And he was exiled. He was taken away from his home and his family and his society and sent to an island called Patmos, which is off of the western coast of Turkey. So while the government of John's day and John's place, they tried to get him out and they wanted to isolate him and and probably shut him up, God found him. God knew where he was in Patmos. God had not forgotten about the Apostle John. So Jesus sends an angel to John to give him an incredible message. And the entirety of that message is the book of Revelation. But what we're just going to look at today is a portion in the beginning. At the beginning of the book of Revelation, we see very personal messages being sent from Jesus to John, from John to an angel at each of the churches. There are seven churches, and you'll see at the beginning of every message to every church, it starts with um, the same format, and it says, to the angel of the church in Ephesus, write this. So the first question is, who is this, you know, who is this angel? So Jesus has a message for John, John has a message for the angel, and then the angel communicates it to the church. And angel could be translated messenger, it could be an actual angel, um, a heavenly being who is doing this, it could be a messenger to the church, Um, you know, like the old post office, how do you get a message? In these ancient societies, you had to send a messenger to get a letter to someone, it could be as simple as that. Or it could also be that this is... um, like a pastor of each of these churches or an elder 
who is represented by the word angel because that person would be a messenger uh, from God to a church. So the passage I'm going to read today starts with this very cool um, word picture right at the beginning. It says, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. Now, Revelation is full of imagery that leaves us scratching our heads and wondering, well, what does that mean? And in some places in Revelation, we are actually told directly what that imagery means. You know, what is that? What does the seven stars in the right hand means? And what, what does the seven golden lampstands mean? Well, thankfully, just prior in chapter one, we are actually told by Jesus, as for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So I'm going to read the passage again, and it's uh, from chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, but real quick, let me just read this prescription again, so you can hear it now knowing that the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand is Jesus. Those seven stars are the messengers, are the angels to the churches. And Jesus is described as one who walks among the seven golden lampstands. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hands, his right hand, and who walks among the seven golden lampstands. So that's Jesus. He's describing himself. He's saying, these are my words. I am holding the seven stars in my right hand. So that means the seven pastors or the seven messengers or the seven angels. And he walks among the seven golden lampstands and those represent the churches. A couple things I want to point out about that that is so cool. If you are a pastor of a church, a messenger to a church, it's a beautiful picture to think that Jesus is holding you in his right hand. Traditionally, that's considered the strong hand, the one that's not going to accidentally slip, the one that's, that's really capable of taking care of you. That is where the messenger to the churches are. They are all in the right hand of Jesus himself. It's a hand of care. It's a hand of protection. That's where you are. And then if you are the church, um, it says that Jesus walks among the seven golden lampstands. So whether you're a leader in a church or you're someone who attends a church, just being in that church, being in that lampstand, Jesus sees that as a place of light, something that gives light and illuminates a very dark world. And then they're golden. (laughs) That means you have worth. The churches of Jesus have worth. They are very valuable in his sight. And then finally it says, Jesus walks among them. And that's probably the most precious to me. Jesus is with his churches. He walks among them. It reminds me of the language in Genesis when God would come into the cool of the, in the cool of the day, he would walk in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. There's a sense of personalness, of closeness, of companionship. That's our Jesus, you guys. So here we are about to begin this awesome passage. And just know this is extremely personal. 
and Jesus is holding you in either in his right hand if you're a pastor and he is walking among us as a church. What an awesome God. Okay, let's get started on our guided meditation. Revelation 2, 1 to 7. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this you have. You hate the work of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. You know, if the Holy Spirit was a paid consultant, he would make a lot of money because he's doing what a lot of companies and churches do when they're hired to come into a situation. Did you notice what the Spirit does? He points out strengths of the church. He points out weaknesses of the church. He tells them very directly and very plainly and very succinctly what they need to do if they are to go on living. He lays out very clearly the things that are in line with what he wants because it's his church and the things that very clearly are not. But he doesn't just leave them there. He tells them what to do about it. He tells them how to address the problem, to repent of the problem, and then like a good consultant, He lays out what will happen if you take the instruction and the advice and what will happen if you don't. And so um, another analogy that I think of when I read this is a good doctor. A good doctor will explain to you where you are healthy to encourage you, (laughs) but he will not mince words about where you are unhealthy because he wants to preserve your life. And so a good doctor will say, hey, this is going really well in your body. This is not going well. And if you want to continue to go towards life, these are the things you need to do. But if you continue on this trajectory, there's going to be consequences to that too. So the Holy Spirit, just as we knew he would be when Jesus promised him to the church, is wise, is a good helper, is a good counselor, is a good advisor. As I read this scripture again, attend to those details. Think about which one really sticks with you and why. Imagine the Holy Spirit is this good doctor 
or this great all-wise consultant coming to you, coming to your church, and giving this word. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet this you have, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Take a moment to talk with God about the portion of this scripture that really stuck out to you. Can I just share with you the part that really sticks out to me? It's verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I've been thinking about the Holy Spirit lately because as my church goes through the Apostles' Creed, uh, we are at the place where the next Sunday is, I believe in the Holy Spirit. And I'm excited about that. And so I've been thinking about that. But beyond that, I find that these words, which we often heard Jesus say in his ministry, whoever has an ear, let him hear. These are both cautionary and comforting. Jesus often uses this phrase as a cautionary thing because it indicates you have to be, you have to be listening to hear from the Spirit, from God. There has to be something more than just moving through life um, without ever stopping and pausing. And so there's, there's something that we need to do here. We need to stop and we need to listen. And it's comforting because it means that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is here. Here with your church, here with my church, involved, caring, knowledgeable, and direct. That is so comforting to me that not only is Jesus walking among his churches, the lampstands, but the Holy Spirit is desiring to speak to his churches. That is so encouraging to me. He has not forgotten us. He is with us, and not only is he with us, but he cares enough 
to communicate with us. So as I read this passage one final time, just be open to what the Spirit is saying through this text to you, to your church. It's pretty awesome. Let's do this. Okay. Revelation 2, 1 through 7. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this you have. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Finally, as we close, just go ahead and pray. Tell God, unburden your heart, whatever's on your heart for yourself and for your church. God bless you, precious people. Amen.